0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: You're listening to the Grow Landscapers podcast. The podcast where we delve deeper into landscape business, interviewing legends of the UK landscaping industry. So join host Nick Ruddle as he explores their thoughts, insights, and experiences. That's here on the Grow Landscapers podcast. Hi and welcome to the Grow Landscapers podcast. I'm Nick Ruddell and today we're lucky enough to have Steve Wally from London Stone on the show. How are you doing today, Steve? Yes, really well.
2: Thanks, Nick. Thank you so much for having having me on today.
1: It's an absolute pleasure. And what a success story you are in the landscape industry. And it seems to me like everyone in the landscape industry seems to uh, use your products, (laughs) whether that's true or not. Who knows, but it just seems that everyone does know you and uses your wonderful product. So anyway, thanks for accepting our invitation um, because your story should be a huge inspiration to everyone. And personally, I'm really looking forward to hearing all about it too. So uh, let's jump straight in, shall we? Okay. Okay, so um, how long have you been in the industry then?
2: So I've been involved for about 25 years. Um, I first started off when I was about 19 or 20. I'd, I'd finished university. And to be honest, I had not done too well at university. So I was, um, I was kicking around a bit and I started to do odd jobs in my local, local neighbourhood. Um, and what I found was that most people were asking for jobs related to landscaping. Uh, I didn't have any skills at the time. So I sort of got through that summer and then I thought, you know what, there's, there's a market here for this. So I got a job employed as a landscaper. And we started off doing uh, uh, turfing on building sites, and you know, it was quite a—it was quite a sort of you know rushed work, mm. uh, quite sort of rough and ready. But it was a good, you know, it was a good learning curve. Um, and after about probably six months of that, we were in the canteen one day at lunch, and all the all the guys were talking about uh, a local competitor who ha- had some jobs jobs going. Uh, so I just didn't say a word I kept my mouth shut and that uh, that evening I finished work and went down to this sort of other company and applied for the job and I got the job um, I don't know how but I got the job somehow and um, that was that was much more fun and we were doing you know design and build so that was really interesting we you know, were building some really nice you know quality gardens and you know I learned I learned a lot there, I learned about paving, about fencing, about decking, mm. all these different uh, skills, and, you know, I really enjoyed it, uh, so I actually, I actually, in the end, I got sacked from that job, uh, <laughs> because I was, I have to admit, I was a bit unrived at the time.
1: Right. Um, that's a, that's of age, I suppose.
2: Yeah, but... yeah, but <laughs> I think, in hindsight, that was the best thing that had happened to me, mm. because it really made me sort of, you know, wake up and, Mm. Think about you know um, what I wanted to do, uh, and actually about three or four months ago, I saw the guy who, uh, who sacked me. Uh, his name was John Melling. Mm. And I saw him in the high street, of my town, and I went over and we had a really good chat. And I actually said to him, "I said thank you. I thanked him for you know what he'd done for me, and I actually thanked him for sacking me as well because for me that was a, that was a wake up call. Mm. Um, and from there, I then went and got a, uh, a Prince's Trust loan." For about three thousand um, pounds, I bought a I bought a small van, some tools, and I started my first uh, landscape business.
1: Mm, wow, that's where it all started. It does tend to start that way, doesn't it? A man in a van, and out you go, and off you. Yeah, yeah, to... it, was, uh, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so when was that? How long ago was that though? And then we'll come on um, to when you started London Stone.
2: That would have been that would have been early early sort of two thousand. Okay. And uh, I did that business for a couple of years. Yeah. And then some friends of mine were going uh, traveling around um, around the world to you know Southeast Asia, Australia, India, and all these sort of places. So I thought, you know what, if, if I don't go now on this trip, I'll probably never get the chance to go again. So I sold uh, the business my, my business partner, and I went to Australia for a year, and that was great. That was great fun. Had a great time. Did quite a bit of work over there as well, actually. Landscaping. Mm. Uh, and
1: then
2: when I came back. I started the business again, uh, this time with my brother and a close friend of mine. Um, and after about, say, 12 months, we were looking for ways to try and, uh, and diversify uh, the business. And we came upon the idea of importing Sandstone.
1: Mm.
2: So we were quite at the time we were, I was probably 27 at the time. So no real commitments, um, you know, I didn't have a mortgage or a family or you know anything like that. So. We could sort of take a risk really yeah so we scraped together about uh, sixty thousand pounds wow. and uh, which at the time was you know an awful amount a lot of money at the time you know it was it was everything that we had we, we begged we stole we borrowed hmm. you know we just got everything we could um and we got a kitty of money together and me and my brother gav we flew over to india and we ordered i think it was 10 containers of mixed sandstone Wow. Uh, and then we came back and we started uh, we started selling it, and that was uh, that was the beginning of London Stone.
1: Brilliant. So what year was that then?
2: So that would have been two thousand
1: and seven. Right, two thousand seven. So fifteen years ago, um, as yeah, yeah. Today. very good. So we come along a long way in that time. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> yeah. so- so, so, when it started, literally from from nothing, you just had your, your brother, I suppose, uh, a phone, and um, w- w- how did you how did you get how did you get all this um, the, the sales in? What did you do to, to sort of spread the word and get out there? Um, I think in the,
2: in the early days it was uh, it was mainly yellow pages. So yeah. we would just go to the yellow pages and we would just ring round local landscapers, yeah. and garden designers, and we just spread the word that way. Really um it was really tough for the first first two three years uh really tough actually we we were literally living from week to week really um we, we had no idea about running a business a supply business and you know it was it was really a case of learning on your feet yeah yeah Trial and error. It, it was tough it was you know it was long hours working seven days a week it was, it was really hard
1: yeah isn't it funny when I suppose people see you now as a well-established, really successful business, all these different wonderful products and services you offer. And they don't realize that, you know, what, what what led you to, to that point and, and the, the ups and downs the trials and tribulations that you go through. But it's the same, I think for any business, isn't it? A lot of the the, the guests we've had on here um, all had a hard time. You know, it's never been easy, you know, there's ups and downs, you know, good, good times and bad times. And, and the early days are, are pretty tough. And some of the days in between, can be tough as well, can't they? But, you know, you've you've come through that.
2: Yeah, I mean, someone someone told me very very early days. It was really good advice. Um, he said to me, he said, he said, don't be too impatient. He said, yeah. It'll take you between three and five years to establish yourself. Uh, and he was, you know, he was he was right. He was absolutely right. Mm. It did take about that time just to get to a point where you know we were paying the bills properly, and we you know we were taking a wage ourselves. Yeah. So you know, those first three years were were really difficult, but we sort of we we, we knew about knew about that. We were ready for that.
1: Yeah, it's funny when when you're going through it, it seems like forever, doesn't it? It Just seems like oh, is it ever going to happen? Weeks and months go by. It's like wading through treacle. But then. Three, four years later, you look back, you think, blimey, look how far we've come. But at the time, it just seems like it's slow, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You don't want to rush it. You want nice, steady, sustainable growth as well because you don't want to go be really successful because you haven't got the systems and the foundations in place either.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, I think uh, I think in those in those first what, three, four or five years, it was literally just a case of, you know, as well as trying to actually keep your head above water, you were trying to develop the skills as well. Yeah. and learn and learn the skills and get the experience you need to to go forward so you know it was it was just a massive learning curve and we, we made we made so many mistakes i think in those early, early days yeah uh, but we, we somehow we're somehow still here yeah and at the, at the time it did feel really, really slow at the time yeah it does. it's also you know, it's gone so quickly as well
1: yeah when you look back it's really fast isn't it at the time it's slow it's yeah, a, um, you fail your way to success. So, um,
2: <laughs> yeah, good. If, if you haven't failed, your way, you're never going to do
1: anything, are you? So, so the early days then um, was just you, your brother, and who is it?
2: Yeah, so we had, we had a business partner in the early days. Name was uh, name was Ben West. Right. Uh, ben Ben left the business quite early, and he went on to establish a company called Landscaping Solutions, right. or uh, you know, a really successful uh, design and build landscaping company I think they've won a lot of barley awards I think in the past in the past few years Ben's really become well known for you know building eco-friendly gardens Mm. so he's uh, has done really well I think
1: yeah very good so so what does it look like now who's in the business now and and what what are your offices how many showrooms and you know how many employees? What what, what would you say? Where where, where are you now? it? So, your- uh, yeah, at the moment
2: we've got um, we've got six showrooms, and we've got two more showrooms opening this year. Wow! Uh, so there's one in Eastleigh on the South Coast coming soon, and there's also one in Bristol as well. Wow. We've got um, uh, a distribution centre near Heathrow, which is about three three and a half acre sites, and we've just opened a four acre site in Old South Manchester. So that's our, our northern distribution hub and we've also got a a production facility uh, again near to Heathrow so we've got about 140 employees a big team of people um, a board of directors and yeah, we've built something that we're really proud of
1: yeah and so you should be it's phenomenal isn't it 140 employees all those different sites and still growing yeah
2: yeah no it's, uh, it's it's good fun I have to say
1: that's yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Because so much people can, can learn from you if they're listening to this now. So um, what would you say then, um, what are the most important elements from all your experiences, failing your, your way to success and all those kind of things, what would you say the most important elements are there are to running a, a successful business?
2: Um, I think it depends you know, what your ambitions are, really. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, people, people run businesses for, for different reasons. And I think um, in our case, we... I think from day one, it was always about, you know, building a big business, you know, building a brand. Uh, I think in that case, you know, to, to, to do that, we had to work really hard and, you know, make a lot of sacrifices. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, hard work is something you've got to be very prepared for. Um, and I think also, you know, the very best businesses will run themselves when you're not there. So I think uh, it's really important that you create you know, really in-depth procedures and processes for you know, for all the businesses, tasks and operations. And, you know, it's effective like a manual for how to run your business. I think that is when it really stands up in its own two feet. And there's also a commercial value to that as well. Uh, I think if you want to get, you know, sustained growth and success, you need that system and that structure in place. So I think that's very important.
1: Amazing. I think that's a, such a good answer um, and not one that many people necessarily would would say straight away. But um, our definition of action coach of a successful business is a commercial profitable enterprise that worked without you, the business owner, if that's what you want. Not everyone wants that, but, but yeah. as if you're going to sell it or as if you're going to um, duplicate or as if you're going to franchise it. And, and, you know, then you've got the option. And like you say, you're adding the asset value of the business then and you're not part of that equation. You know, So you, you can operate and run and still grow without you having to be there. So you own a true business. You don't own a job. A lot of people Absolutely. have a business, yeah. but, but they also have a role. They have an employee at whatever level within their business as well. So I think it's a really important point to make. Okay, so, so, so processes and systems and procedures are important to you, then having that how-to manual. So people, when they come and work for you, how do you, how do you introduce them to, to, to those kind of processes?
2: um we've actually got a really uh, a really good uh training system in place yeah. so we've got something called the London stone Academy okay uh, and that's run, run by one of our our sales leaders and literally it's it's like a boot camp Brilliant. so they'll, they'll come into into work and they'll just be trained you know, really in depth uh you know, really detailed on the job training and that takes usually about 3 or 4 weeks wow. and after that period you know, the person is ready to, you know, go out there and work work in the business. Uh, one thing we also do as well, which I think has made a big difference for us, is we send our salespeople to the landscape Academy for uh, practical training. So that's um, run by Mark, Mark Yald up in yeah. Cheshire. Yeah, yeah, no. I think given, giving our sales staff, you know, real hands-on experience of the products, it makes a really, really big difference for them and
1: for the customers too. Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, uh, When you said um, that it works without you and that that was an important thing, I I knew there must be some kind of training, good like structured training programme that you do, like with your academy that you mentioned there, um, because it's getting them to do things the London Stone way, not just bringing it in in old old habits or different ways of working. Um, And to have three or four weeks where you just focus them on, you know, inducting them for that amount of time, I think... You, you've got to have the procedures and the written documentations or the videos or whatever that training material is. It needs to be in place, doesn't it? It needs to be followed before, like you said, you unleash them on, in, into <laughs> into their job.
2: Yeah, I think you know. Very fortunately for us, uh, Michael Fawkes, uh, who's our one of our sales leaders, he, he just loves training. He's really passionate about training. Mm. Uh, he's very uh, he's very organised. You know, he goes into so much detail that um, you know it's we're lucky to have them yeah you we've know, got, yeah.
1: got a great team in place brilliant brilliant very good very good there's a lot of people who are going to learn a hell of a lot I think from from that particular point there and putting the right systems in place first because you can't train people on it if you don't have them written down and, and that how-to manual because there would be nothing Of, course, of course, <laughs> so, uh, so it's fun. always
2: something they can refer back to as well
1: yeah 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 absolutely well this is what systemology is was over that shoulder, of the systemology is a method, is the system for systemizing a business. And it's probably, I'm sure there'll be um, some similarities in the way that you've done things there as well. Oh,
2: so um, you probably get on quite well
1: with Michael. <laughs> I'll send him a book. I'll send him a copy <laughs> of systemology. It's, um, it's an yeah. evolutionary way. Anyway, um, so what would you say the biggest, uh, I don't know whether they call them mistakes or, or failures or, or what would be the, the biggest challenges that you've overcome or whatever word you want to insert there. Um, through your time in business, what are those big, big? Issues? Um,
2: I mean, I think in terms of in terms of mistakes, obviously. You know, how, how long have you got? Uh, the list is, is endless. <laughs> you just you, you try and not make the same mistake. You know, more than twice, really. That's, yeah, as long
1: as you learn from the mistake, I think. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's the point is
2: I think the best advice I could give really is, uh, you know, never compromise. You know, on health and safety, I think. Um, you know, luckily. Nobody's ever been you know, seriously injured at London Stone, uh, but when you're dealing with you know plants and heavy goods like stone, mm. the potential for disaster is, you know, is real. So you know never cut corners or compromise with people's safety because you know it's just not it's just not not worth it. Mm. Um, I think secondly, you know you've got to control your costs. You've got to get value for money with every single penny that you spend. Um, you know even when times are good. If you run your business like it's on a war footing at all times, then, you know, you'll really benefit. Um, you know, you'll really benefit. and you know, That doesn't mean that you're closed to the opportunities, mm. but it means, you know, you've always got to be ready to take risks and as long as you do it carefully and, you know, protect the downside. Um, I think looking back maybe about five or six years ago, I think one of the biggest challenges that we faced was, you know, as the business was growing really quickly, was trying to sort of maintain that sort of service mm. and maintain that ethos. Uh, because you have know, got a lot of people in your company, and you know, many of these guys you don't have you know direct contact with them anymore as the business grows. Yeah. So that can be a problem. I think you know it, it comes down to you know employing the right people, you know, and taking the time to employ and train the right people. I think in the past we've we've fallen into the trap of just. You know, we need we need to be a person yeah. bring someone in you know yeah. anyone in
1: yeah.
2: and it, it doesn't work no, i and think
1: a lot of
2: people think our our sort out of, now is that i would rather wait for six months to find the right person yeah. than just bring someone in to to fill a gap um, you know get get the right person first time around and the business will be you know the business will be in much better shape yeah. as a result of that
1: yeah the ethos really is it's recruit slow hire fast so you, you take your time to recruit slow, but when you snap them up, when you find them, you snap them up quick because they. The yeah, best.
2: I mean, if you if you see someone good, yeah. then you know get them in. And likewise, you know, retaining stuff. You know, if you've got good people, you want to keep them there for a long time.
1: Of course, because
2: yeah. they get better each year as they get more experienced. Yeah, you know, so you've got to build a
1: team. Yeah, keep training keep investing in them, and and yeah. make sure that you give them no reason to leave. You know, with yeah. with recruitment, you know, it, the analogy I use, it's like. Let's say you you want to go and catch that really rare fish, you've got to be really lucky when you chuck your bait into the into the river, but that fish is going to be there when you want it to be there, you know. So yeah. you think, oh, right, we need to get, I don't know, production manager or something. Uh, you, you, you've got to be patient. You can't you can't just take the best of a bad bunch within the first two weeks of advertising. But when that when that person does come along, you know, don't muck around. Let's um, you know, you, you sort of snap them up straight away. Yeah, I'm really
2: glad that you've used the fishing analogy. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a key fisherman so me and, me and my team are regularly. the old fish yeah. analogy so yeah it's, it's a good one
1: it's true though isn't it because as a yeah. fisherman you've got to be very patient haven't you you might just sit there absolutely. all week yeah <laughs> so that one fish that one fish yeah. but that one fish you know would be with you for a lifetime kind of thing yeah absolutely <laughs> um as long as you look after them and keep keep um, making it a, you know a great place to work okay good so um so, any other major setbacks or, or, or in particular obstacles that you've faced, um, that you've had, and, and maybe if you have faced them, what did you do about it, and what was the outcome?
2: Do um, you know what actually a really, a really important phase in the business was back in two thousand seventeen. Yeah. So we we grown quite quickly, and then we we grown every year. You know, really grown. Then in two thousand seventeen, we had a flat year, and it was a real it was a real shock for us because. We're used to growth every year. Mm. And you know, we you know we opened the bonnet up, you know, we, we took a look at things, yeah. and we realized that we'd become a little bit expensive in our prices. Um, you know, at the time we were very much based around you know London in the southeast. Um I think as we tried to sort of grow, you know, mm. grow out further, we realized that the price was becoming an issue. I think you know, like like many businesses, we found this trap of, you know, thinking that every year we could put a price up by three or four mm. um, percent. and it, you know, it's quite a lazy way to do things. And it, you know, it breeds complacency. And when we had this flat year, it, it was a real shock. It made us you know, look at the whole business and actually realize that, you know, you know, us putting our price up every year, you know, wasn't wasn't the right thing to do. And, you know, could we actually find savings you know, in our business, and be more efficient, yeah. and, try, and try and hold the prices. So that really set us off on a, on a journey. And uh, my business partner Gav, he came across something called Lean, um, uh, which is basically a manufacturing technique that, that came from Japan originally.
1: Yeah.
2: And over the past sort of five years, Gav's implemented you know a Lean strategy across the whole business, mm. and. You know, it's really changed things for us. It's transformed, you know, our outlook. I think from that moment, for the following three years, we froze our prices. So what that meant was that as our competitors were doing the same thing as putting a price up every, every year,
1: mm.
2: our prices stayed the same. And all of a sudden, within, within two or three years, our prices became very competitive. So we went from being a company that was perceived as being expensive to a company that was actually, you know, really affordable and offered, offered good value. Yes. Uh, at the same time, as still, you know, maintaining the service, the quality, all those things. So that, for us, that, that was the springboard to, you know, some quite big growth. Yeah. Um, I think until obviously the recent inflation from COVID, you know, we've kept our prices really stable. Mm. Uh, so I think for us, that was a, a defining moment for our, for our business. Mm. Uh, and we're constantly now looking at ways to you know, to save money, to make things more efficient, just so we can keep our prices low, and you know, look after our customers.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that. You know, just putting your three or four percent on a year—it's lazy. It's, it's funny, interesting you say lazy because you know you can do more, can't you? And, you, and by by digging deep into the business, looking at all those little tiny ways. Uh, to make those little efficiency changes, you know, those law of marginal gains add up yeah. to, to nice big gains. You know, um,
2: yeah, I mean, I mean, literally, for I mean, right. example, we've got, you know, we've got bridge shores and the factory, we've got production lines. Just moving one saw twenty yeah. feet, it can, make, it can make a massive difference.
1: Yeah, I think
2: yeah. Uh, you know, I think the advice I'd, I'd give to any any sort of business really is to look at your business and look at your process and identify ways to improve things. Yeah, and you know, strip out waste, yeah. you'll, you'll be amazed at how much you can find.
1: Yeah. And it's continual as well, isn't it? It's ongoing. You're always always trying to, you know, analyse and, and test and measure you, the way you do things and the process. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good. I like that. Um, I think in the current climate, you've got to do that. And I think the current, current climate does force people to do this a lot more. Like earlier, you said, yeah, when, it's, when it's good, still still run your business as if it's really tight. And I think you should always, always do that and check in and see how can we um, make things more efficient? How can we, you know, just just improve your margins, whether you renegotiate with your suppliers or whether you um, find little ways um, of of improving just just certain things every day or every week that maybe your team are doing or or not doing. And all those things do add up. Um, And yeah, if you can keep the the, the pricing competitive, then it's good for the customer. It's good for you. Everyone's happy and you're, you're making money as well. Well,
2: that's the thing. It's it's win-win. Everybody wins. Yeah, it's got to. Yeah, be. It, it's it's got a mindset. It's a mindset to get yourself into. Yeah, and, uh, we we've got suppliers who who still do it every year. They put the price up by three or four per cent. We started saying no in the end. Yeah. We started saying no. We won't accept this any more. You know, go
1: and do what we've done. Yeah, yeah. We'll teach uh, you. We'll come and charge you how to do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> basically the business. You're basically expect your customers to pay for your your laziness affecting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what you're asking them to do. That's effectively what it is, isn't it? It's bizarre. Yeah. A funny good way of looking at it. So, what parts of being in business have you personally found that, to be the most rewarding?
2: Uh, I think to be honest, it's working with my family. So I work uh, really close with, with three of my brothers. Yeah. No. Um, so you've got that trust, you've got that you know that shared, that shared sort of mission, that shared, that shared vision. Yeah. And for me, that's probably the most the most rewarding thing, but you know also I've made some I've made some amazing friends along the way. You, know, you meet so many people, you know, employees, customers, suppliers, mm. and I think some of these people become really close friends. So I think just access to so many people is just is just great. And that's for me, that's probably been the most the most rewarding thing.
1: That's nice. That's nice. And it's nice that you you're still speaking to each other as brothers and you haven't beaten <laughs> each other up. <laughs> yeah you? well so you many, know we, yeah. we have our moments
2: but I think you can you can have you can say, you can say what you think. Yeah. And it's done, then it's forgotten. Have a little fight. Yeah, there's been a couple over the years.
1: <laughs> there, there is. Well, I know that I've got an older brother and uh, yeah, it was a daily occurrence for us. But with, uh, well, you've got three brothers, three other brothers.
2: Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's three of us in the company. But I think we've all got our own, our own different areas now. Uh, now, obviously, we help each other out and we support each other. But, you know, I do the sort of the marketing and the business development. My brother Gav does the operations and the production. Right. And Duncan mm-hmm. does the finance and procurements, so good it time.
1: works really well. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Got clear roles and responsibilities. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Very good. Okay, cool. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's maybe a little bit stuck at the moment in their business and wants to expand, but don't quite know what those next steps are to take? Um, I think. Okay,
2: so over the years, I've met a lot of people. Who will try to expand yeah. their landscaping businesses. And they've gone from two teams to three, four, five teams, you know, in a short space of time. Mm. And I think you've got to do it really carefully because it can become, you know, it can become a poison chalice. And you know, I know I know a lot of people who have gone, they've gone to five teams and they were making the same money as if they worked with two teams. And they then come back down again to two teams because. They just become, you know, busy fools. What
1: so, you, I think... What do you think then
2: Well, I think you've got to do it carefully. You've got to have really good people around you. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, you've got to have, you know, processes, processes procedures so that, you know, you can, you can really sort of measure what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you just expand quickly, then you lose control of your costs use yeah. control of equality and yeah. you end up running around like a you know like a blue horse fly just trying to sort of keep everybody happy and you be, as I say you become a busy fool mm. uh, so I think it's uh it's not a good way to run a business we end up micromanaging people so I think it's really important to you know do it in a careful way in a stage way and you've got to have good people you know really good people that you can trust and you can, you can do the job right as well yeah uh, I, I think if you look at the uh you know the businesses have done this successfully. You know people like landfall and people like and Wire and outdoor are these big, well-known companies. They've been they've been around for a long time. Mm. You know I think they would tell you before anybody else that they've been through down. You know ups and downs. But yeah. you know it takes time. You can't get there overnight. You've got to be patient. And you've got to you know you know walk before you can run. I
1: think. Yeah, it's funny those two people you mentioned have, have been on this show already and have said exactly that. And, and it goes back to what you said at the beginning, there, um, right at the beginning of of, of the show, which was, um, you know, you were impatient, you, you wanted to do it quick, and, and that brilliant bit of advice you got was, you know, the chap said to you, three yeah. five years, you know, it's going to take you three th- to five years. Don't don't be tempted to try and grow too fast, and that's that's the same yeah. kind of advice we're giving now, which yeah, uh, yeah. Is obviously valid. Very good, wise words. So um, okay, finally, then we've just got one one last question to go, and I shall let you. Uh, Go on your merry way. Um, if you had one golden nugget, just one, um, if there was anyone you know trying to build their business from all your years of experience, you've probably mentioned quite a few things over the last half an hour or so already. But if there was just one golden nugget that you could leave with, leave us with, what would it be? Uh,
2: I haven't got one. I can give you a few if that's okay.
1: Sure on then. More <laughs> than very. They're, they're all important.
2: They're all important. Yeah. So the, the first thing is that you know don't cut corners. It always comes back to bite you. You know that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is procedures and processes, you know, and you know, detailed procedures, not just you know, vague ones. Yeah. map it out properly every little detail you know, about, about every job that's really important. Um, be lean, you know, don't waste your money or resources, you know, control your costs. And I think the most important advice I would give is uh, now it sounds a bit cheesy, but uh, the most important thing is to care about what you do you know, care about your staff, you know, care about your customers, care about the quality of your work, your reputation, you know, really care about the small details. I think if if you're conscientious and you commit to doing things properly Mm. and, you know, and you care about people along the way, I think you'll be successful. I think you'll you'll enjoy it as well. Absolutely. I think really, really, really caring about what you do, I think is the the most important thing.
1: Yeah, that's not cheesy at all. I think that's so good because, you know, Genuinely, you want to do a great job, you don't want to cut corners, you want to do, give the best value for money because you care about doing a good job and giving people a great end result and whole wonderful experience. So, absolutely, I think, um, you know, if, if they know that you really genuinely care and they, they trust you as well, don't they? yeah, absolutely, and you'll get referrals, and everyone's a winner, and everyone, yeah. very good, very good, wow. Um, I think that's about it, uh, Steve. I think we've pretty much run out of time. Um, your words of wisdom have been phenomenal. And yeah. um, if, if if people would like to get in touch with you or if they want to, um, I don't know, come and buy loads of wonderful products off of you um, or speak to you personally, what's, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you?
2: Uh, email, probably. So it's, uh, it's stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, at londonstone.co.uk.
1: Nice and easy. Nice, simple one there. Well, brilliant, Steve. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been really interesting. And um, what a great journey you're you're on and still continue to go on. And um, I think there's even bigger and better things to come, by the sounds of it.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Thank you for having me today, Nick. I appreciate the
1: opportunity. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. It's been brilliant. And um, I'll catch up with you soon, no doubt, another time. Okay, thanks very much. Cheers, Steve. Take care.
2: Cheers, bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Grow Landscapers podcast. To get in touch and see how we can help you with your business by emailing nick at nickruddle.com.